This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Here we go again. This is the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Hey, what's up? This is your host, Jesse Carter. Pro Wrestling Shoot. It's about to get exciting. Pro Wrestling Shoot. How long is this going to last? Pro Hey, what's going on? This is Jesse Carter, and you're listening to the Pro Wrestling Shoot with my special guest today, Chase James. What's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, man? It's pretty good, man. Rough day at work, but it's all over and ready for another one tomorrow. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I had a, I've had a good day at work. Honestly, everything's been good for me recently, so I don't have rough days anymore. Yeah, I'm. I just got a new job, and I mean, it was it, it was rough just because it was long, but. Other than that, man, it's kind of stress-free for myself, and I'm really loving it, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, attitude has a lot to do with everything in life, and the last like couple months, I've really just focused on being positive, and it's amazing how much my stress has just been relieved in everything I do. <laughs> 100%, man. I fully agree with that. I wish more people would uh, look at it from that perspective. <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, how's it been going, dude, since the start of this uh, madness that we call the pandemic? Oh, it's been pretty crazy. Um, For those that don't know, I was in a car wreck, (laughs) Uh, ended up shattering my pelvis, broke a bunch of bones. So pretty much my 2020 went from looking like it was going to be amazing to getting hit with the pandemic stuff to uh, getting in a car wreck, to getting put in a wheelchair. And now I'm just finally getting back to like walking and exercising and moving. So it's been a a wild year to say the least. <laughs> well, I think that all of us um, from the independent scene over here in the Pacific Northwest are just happy that you are okay, man. Like that was a pretty scary news. I remember seeing that on Facebook. I think William posted it first and then, um, and then you posted it that you were okay. And uh, that's just a blessing. And I said a prayer for you. Definitely. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. It was a crazy experience, something that I don't think anyone ever plans on happening. And, uh, yeah, it was it was wild. And then I know that when I very first like came through with everything, they were telling me that it was going to be months and months of recovery and all sorts of issues. And thankfully, I'm moving way ahead of that. And we're making some great progress really fast. That's great news, man. So were, were you driving the, the vehicle or were you in a friend's car? <laughs> yeah, I was driving. Actually, I was driving a friend's car. There was no one else in there. It was just <laughs> me. And uh, long story short, just basically had someone blast me from the side. And then I hit a telephone pole, a wall, and a bunch of parked cars. And, like, the car got totaled. Like, I hit a bunch of stuff accidentally. <laughs> so Wow. I got hit yeah. and it got knocked out. So I didn't. I was just long for the ride. <laughs> oh, that's terrible, man. Yeah, that's um, the only two car wrecks that I've ever been in were because somebody blew a red light and T-boned me. Both of them were T-bones. Both of them, my car got totaled. One of them, I was driving the second one. My wife was driving and I got hit on my side of the passenger seat and my daughter was in the back. Yeah. And it was, it was scary, man. But we got out of there without a, a scratch, uh, like for, very fortunate for it. But 
Um, it was just scary, man. I remember getting knocked out on that second one. The first one I, I seen everything that happened. I walked away without a scratch on that one as well. Um, very fortunate, man. I mean, scary situation. Um, definitely, uh, something that we can't predict. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, how, how was your year going before, um, the pandemic hit? Were you, were you taking a lot of bookings? Did you have a lot planned? Uh, yeah, it was going really well. Actually, I wrestled a lot of matches that seems like it was forever ago now, but, um, I wrestled Cubby in a great match at Without a Cause. I wrestled B-Boy there, wrestled, uh, in California for, for Suburban Fight. I wrestled in Kansas City. Like, I was going everywhere and starting to really gain some momentum. And then once the pandemic hit, it definitely kind of took some wind out of my sails for a moment there. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, something that none of us could have predicted to happen. And, uh, unfortunately it struck the wrestling business pretty hard, especially the independence. Um, definitely. so yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen you a lot, um, with the A team. So, um, when did you start, um, to form that tag team or was it always, were you singles before that? Or, um, did uh, you guys always come in together or how did that, so- how did that work? So my wrestling journey started in Spokane, and there wasn't really much wrestling going on. Um, when I very first started, I got paired up with the A-Team, which was a pretty newly founded team. I think they only wrestled one other time before that. And it was supposed to just kind of be a one-off thing, but then it ended up growing into this big faction of people, and then it kind of dwindled back down to just Lance and I. And like, it was really just kind of like a random idea that kept going. I don't really know how it kept going, but it did. <laughs> <laughs> and you always wrestled as Chase James? Uh, when I've, yeah, actually that's pretty much been my name since I started. When I very first started, it was just CJ, but then I gave the whole name there. Right. Well, I, I really enjoyed you guys as a tag team, man. I mean, uh, you and Lance absolutely killed it. Um, it kind of brought my love for tag team wrestling back because I've, I've said this, I know a numerous, uh, uh a bunch of times on the podcast that I didn't really know about um, like independent promotions until prestige came around. So yeah. I, I'd never heard of you guys or Drexel or any of these guys until prestige brought you guys around. And then I, man, like my love for wrestling just expanded tenfold. And I had a lot of digging to do after that. And then I discovered defy. And then I discovered, you know, a couple years later without a cause. And then, you know, all these great promotions that are right in my backyard, pretty much. It's insane that I'm just now finding out about this, but <laughs> three years in, man, I'm more addicted to wrestling than I ever was. You know, my story is pretty much the same as yours. Like I grew up as a wrestling fan and then I kind of faded away. Like I was always still a fan, but I wasn't watching it nearly as much as I am now. And I, uh, went into MMA and was following that like crazy. And oh, cool. then once I found, found out about independent wrestling like my love came back and it was this new exciting thing and i was like how have i been missing out on this like i had no idea about all these promotions and characters and everything happening right in our own backyard yeah it's just insane man i just can't believe i didn't figure out this stuff sooner man i probably would have been training myself so speaking of training um when did you start training to become a professional wrestler oh man it's like two or three years ago now (laughs) I started training at an area uh, here in Spokane at a little place that really wasn't qualified to be running, but I didn't know any better and there was nothing else. So like I joined up and thought that I was learning a lot of good stuff and thought that I was 
you know, being told truthful things. But really, I did that for a long time, and I thought I was doing good. And then I ended up uh, going to the Monster Factory, and I went out there and trained with a bunch of dudes, and it just blew my mind how much better everyone was than me. And I was like, man, this is not at all like what I thought it was. Like, I have so much more to learn. Uh, so then I started training with Chris Ross. Um, this was before they had the uh, Dragonplex Dojo. He was just kind of doing his own thing, and I got some training in with him. Started to learn a lot and started to really get some momentum from you know, working with him. Uh, and then from there, I went to Buddy Wayne Academy and have been there since. Wow, that's crazy, man. What was your first booking? My very first booking was at a show in Spokane. Uh, it's a little promotion that doesn't run anymore, but it was uh, me versus a guy that also only had two matches and really was probably a match that shouldn't have been booked, but the promoter was just trying to put bodies in a show for, you know, matches sake. Definitely. Yes, I, I was I was stoked. Um, I know Reactivate had you down here in the Richland area. In Richland, yeah, Washington, miss, and I miss I did, reactivate. <laughs> that's cool, man. Because I I had never been to a show. I actually had them on the show, um, and you know we did an interview with them as well. And um, I remember seeing the first flyer for them and seeing. Uh, I was like, man, I don't know any of these independent wrestlers. And then I seen you kind of in the corner on that on that flyer. I was like, hey, I know that guy. He's from the A team. Like, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> I'll go awesome. check them out one of these days if he's going to keep booking Chase James. <laughs> Heck yeah, that's awesome. That's cool, man. So, um, so you said you were wrestling all over, man. Um, where, where was some of your favorite spots to hit? Oh, that's such a tough one. I, I'm always horrible at these questions cause I forget about so many places. I'm horrible about asking uh, it, man. So you're, you're no, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I was able to go to black label pro, which was a great show. Um, I love the Northwest just because this is where I'm from and all my friends are here. So like, I love being on shows here. I'm a huge fan of California. I've been down there a few times. Um, I've wrestled up in Canada. That's always fun just because it's a different country and a new environment and a new crowd. And it's uh, I don't really think I have a favorite place per se. I just enjoy getting out and doing things. For sure. Let's talk about that, that the name of the A-team. Um, who came up with that? Honestly, I do not know. Um, Was I, that I, supposed to be a Canadian thing? Yeah, so that was one of those Spokane things where uh, the promoter wanted us to be these evil Canadians that were coming to take over his show. And it was really a bad story, but we just kind of took it and made our best of it and kept going with it. And then it just like it, it gained so much momentum that like Lance and I started getting stuff everywhere and we didn't know how to stop it. So we just kept going. <laughs> <laughs> so Lance was also a singles wrestler before all of this as well. He was. He trained at the Storm Academy and was desiring to be a singles competitor, but he got paired up. And I had I didn't want to do tag team wrestling either. Like I wanted to be a singles guy, but we uh we did enjoy each other's company and we paired up really well. And so like we just kind of fell into that position. Well, you guys pull it off really well, man. For a couple of guys striving to be singles competitors, um, yeah. You never would have guessed it in the ring, man. You guys have that charisma that it factor to me especially on the independence like it's a lot of fun to watch you guys i remember taking my um granddaughter actually she took a couple of pictures with you both times you guys came to prestige um she i don't know i don't know what what it was for her she's really little and she's still really new to professional wrestling but there was something about you guys that she want she had to get your pictures <laughs> that's awesome so yeah 
Um, I really appreciate that, by the way. It was it was awesome time for her, and uh, she'll remember that for a long time. So that's the, that's the fun part for me is like seeing the kids, how much fun they have, and seeing everyone's eyes light up, and like you know, knowing that you can make someone's day is one of the best parts about what we do. Oh, I can't imagine, man. That's it's got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, she she absolutely enjoyed the show. I mean, I, I I was popping for you guys. So I mean, and then to look at her as as you know, little kids' eyes, it just kind of brought me back to when I was that little and and enjoying professional wrestling. And then she had that same look in her eye that I felt at her age. So I mean, yeah, man, professional wrestling is definitely for everybody, and you know, it doesn't matter your gender or age. Um, it is definitely, there's definitely something to watch that everybody can enjoy. And that's why I love this business so much. I completely agree. So when you were traveling to California, what, um, promotions did you hit on the way? Uh, so I just flew down there. I flew down and worked a suburban fight and that was pretty much the main one I did in California. So, yeah, I've been hearing a lot of stuff about, um, hood slam in California. Um, any, uh, any goals for going out there and checking that promotion out? I would love to. Um, I, I really haven't been reaching out to anyone or doing anything until the whole pandemic stuff blows over. Oh, definitely. But Hood Slam is definitely one of the places I would love to go to once things are back up and running. Don't forget to check out Rent Ray Podcast every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube, which is my name, Brennan Marn. Look up Brennan Marn. It features a profile of myself and Chavo Guerrero. And, and Rant Ray Podcast contains four main hosts, which is myself, Jordan Little, Andrew Hawking, and David St. Dennis, as we discuss out news, sports, video games, movies, TV shows, pro wrestling, and much, much more, and also exclusive interviews as well, including talent from Prestige Wrestling, Fi, Without a Cause, I mean, and a whole lot more, including former WWE superstars and also current AEW superstars as well. Don't forget to check out the Facebook page, which is Rant Ray Podcast, and also the Twitter page at RNR Podcast 19. Capital RNRP, rest for it, lowercase, including number 19. Same handle with Instagram, but all of its lowercase, including number 19. And don't forget to check out the, to listen all podcasts, including Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, and many more, many available platforms as well. And also do not forget to check out the store, which is brainbusterdees.com for your Rent Ray Podcast merch, including the fanny pack, face mask, t-shirts, uh, hoodies, stickers, hats, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, tank top, joggers, a beanie as well, and many more to go. So that, and to look that up is brainbusterdees.com slash other slash rant dash and dash rave dash podcast slash and always the rant and rave podcast the pro wrestling shoot listeners it is i conrad cushman from everything pro wrestling here to let you know that everything pro wrestling is a show by the fans for the fans and you guys can catch us on youtube where we record all of our podcast episodes live where we get fan interaction 
fan feedback, and get your thoughts on everything happening in the pro wrestling world. So do us a favor. Join us on Wednesdays after AEW Dynamite at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Join us in the live stream. Come on in and leave your thoughts about AEW Dynamite. We also do pay-per-view reviews for all of your favorite companies, whether it's WWE, NXT, New Japan, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. Sometimes we even pop up with a local indie review. Just make sure you're subscribed to Everything Pro Wrestling on YouTube. And if you want to listen to us on the go and you want to just listen to the audio versions, we are also featured on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Now, let's get back to listening to Jesse and the Pro Wrestling Shoot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, this is, this is just crazy for everybody. A lot of people are just not getting a lot of ring time and anything like that. Um, how's the healing coming along for you right now? I know you said that you were speeding up process a little bit, so that's, that's great news. Um, how far out do you think you are from, uh, taking a bump or anything like that? Oh, I've already started bumping. Um, I started bumping and started kind of rolling and getting back into the groove of it a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago. And as of right now, I kind of did a practice match on Tuesday because I have my own ring, so it makes things super easy. I had a buddy come over and did a little practice match on Tuesday, and everything felt fine. And I'm going to go to the gym tonight and actually work out for the first time since the accident and see how that goes. And as long as everything goes smoothly, I actually have a couple matches lined up this weekend that I'm going to try to make happen. So, Oh, man. Well, don't wrestle too hard, man. You don't need that injury uh, prolonged, you know what I mean? (laughs) No, I agree. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that, like, I feel like I'm there, but I think the true test is going to be once I get in the ring, we'll see how I hold up. Just see see where the body's at. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I mean, uh, wrestlers are notorious for this, right? They they just never say die, and they just want to get back out there and do what they love doing, but... Trust me, me as a fan, I would much rather see you heal fully and be 100% so that way you're not hurting or you don't damage anything further because I would love to see you in the ring again. (laughs) Yeah, it's. I think the thing we battle as wrestlers is that we always feel like we're fighting time. We always feel like we need to make stuff happen now or we feel like we need to, you know, be ready to go because if we're not, someone else is going to be there. So it's a a battle. I'm not rushing it because... Ultimately, you know, my goal is to be back to 100%. So we'll see how it goes. Definitely, man. Well, I wish you the best of luck on that uh, for sure. Just stay safe. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and don't work, you know, too hard in the gym. Definitely. But uh, any any goals for the future, man? <sighs> goals is right now. My main goals are pretty much just getting back to 100%. I, uh, when I was wheelchair bound, I put on like 20 or 30 pounds. So obviously you want to lose that and get back into being more active. Um, yeah, definitely. Honestly, that's just kind of my goal is taking it each day at a time and seeing where we're at and continuing to improve each day. For sure, man. Well, let's, uh, let's rewind a little bit, man. At, at what age did you decide that, um, you loved pro wrestling so much? What inspired you to, to get into the business? Oh, man, I don't even know what age I was, but it was really young for sure. Um, I remember watching it on TV. My brother was into it a little bit, which didn't last very long. Uh, I had, like, all the action figures, and that was pretty much all I played with. Uh, Every video game I had, the only ones I cared about was, like, the SmackDown vs. Raws and the WWE games. (laughs) Definitely. It just kind of consumed me as a kid, and I loved it. 
who was uh who were who was some people that inspired you? Um, I don't know if I would say inspired, but I definitely was a huge fan of like Jeff Hardy, Rob Van Dam, uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H. Um, those were kind of the main ones for me. Kane was a huge one too, I guess, when I was younger. So it's fair to see that that, that you're more of a WWE guy then. Yeah, yeah, I definitely was when I was growing up. I I would tune into WCW, but the problem was is that like I was still pretty young and I was still so I guess not really knowledgeable that I just watched WWE because that's just what I started on. So like I was familiar with everyone. I turned to WCW and I was like, I don't know who these guys are. And then I'd watch <laughs> ECW and I would just watch people like bleed. So <laughs> yeah, so uh, WWE is the one that got me. Yeah, man. Um, I think we've all been there. Definitely. As, as a kid, I, I grew up, um, I, I was a little more old school. Uh, my brother got me into wrestling when I was still in diapers. Oh, nice. So yeah, I was, I was watching AWA and then, it, and then it, you know, turned to WCW of course. And then, um, I grew up in, you know, the Hulk Hogan era and stuff like that, man. And there was just something about Hulk Hogan that, just mesmerized me as a kid. And so I'll always have that special love for him in my heart. But, um, eventually, you know, I was introduced to people like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and, um, it just completely changed the game for me personally. Um, WCW was, was cool for the storylines when I was growing up. If I watch it back now, it's not so entertaining. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> as a kid, I think it was, it, it, it caught you more and it seemed more real. But now when you watch it back, it's like, it, you know, you kind of get a different vibe from it, but I still love the sting era. I um, yep. grew up on sting, grew up on the road warriors. Um, by the way, today we're recording this. Um, this won't release for a few weeks, but um, today is actually the day that we we got news that Road Warrior Animal passed away. So R.I.P. to Road Warrior Animal, man. He's definitely nobody's going to be replacing him anytime soon or ever at that point. Yeah, it's so crazy too because just last night I was watching uh, the episode of Dark Side of the Ring on the Road Warriors. Yeah. So like it was crazy as I watched that last night, and then today I saw people posting photos of him on Facebook without really like reading it i just saw the photos and i was like oh man it's so weird how i just saw that yesterday now people are posting about it and then i actually read what happened and i was like oh my god like it's so sad yeah it's such a young age too man age 60 i just can't and, and you know they yeah. say it was natural causes and everything like that but it's just like man natural causes at the age of 60 yeah let's touch on that that can be a fun subject so that's something that was concerning to me too because i as a pro wrestler i uh there's obviously an alarming amount of older pro wrestlers who are passing away at super young ages. Yeah. And yeah, alarming. Yeah. I've done a lot of like, I, every time someone passes, the first thing I do is I Google, you know, what did they pass away from? And it, it's scary. There's a lot of guys that are young that pass away early. And then there's also guys that go a long ways with it. So like, it's, I don't really know if there's a big of a connection there, but there's definitely something whether it was from the wrestling itself or if it was from the lifestyle that wrestlers lived back in the eighties and nineties and seventies. Like, I don't know. I'm hoping that the way that, um, the business has changed so much as in, you know, taking chair shots to the head, um, a lot, you know, a lot of, uh, CTE protocol. I'm hoping that this will change. Um, 
we we don't have an autopsy on on road warrior animal just yet i mean they're saying it's natural causes but we you know we don't really know until we look at the brain right so right i mean uh it could be anything at this point um but i'm hoping with the way that professional wrestling has changed that this will prolong the lives of of the people we love watching, right? Like such as yourself, you say, you know, time's ticking away. Well, maybe that's not the case if we change the way that we do the business, right? Yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Like, I don't know, it's something that I always think about and it's in the back of my head. And uh, another huge topic is like steroids and wrestling. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's alarming the amount of people that are on them. Like I had no idea. Like when I first got into wrestling, and I heard about steroids. I was like, man, there's probably like one or two guys. But like, you go in a locker room and there's tons of guys on this stuff because they constantly are, you know, pressing to be bigger, better, recover faster, and everything like that. And then like, when you see someone passing away so young from a heart attack, I'm always like, man, is that a correlation from you know, performance enhancing drugs, or is it from you know doing cocaine all the time, or like what's happening? So, and we really don't know, right? Because there's no like long term studies on steroids yet, which is absolutely crazy to me. Like yeah. these, there's athletes that have been taking this shit for years. I mean, Oh yeah. And, and we still don't have long-term studies on this. Like they don't know if it's, it's safe. They, they don't know if it's dangerous. They don't know like how much yeah. is bad for your heart, how much is bad for your body. It's like every time we, we search this subject, nobody really has a clear answer. No. And so like, I've done a lot of research on it because a lot of my friends are doing it. And, like, it's not that I wanted to do it, but I just get curious. Like, I'm a rabbit hole person. So if you give me a hint of something, I'm like, oh, man, I got to learn everything I can about this. Yeah, I'm right there with you, man. And it was super frustrating. The more I tried to learn about, like, steroids, the more I just found out there is no information out there. Like, most studies are referencing stuff from the 70s or 80s. And, like, the studies that they did were so loosely that it's like, this doesn't tell you anything. So I often think of, like alcohol and marijuana and like how we treated those when they first started coming around like when i was a kid there was ads telling you that you know marijuana would make you blow your brains out or you know just (laughs) dumb stuff they're like this doesn't seem like a good idea but when you're high this is what you do and like it was so false right now now it's legal and you can be in walmart shopping and you're hearing ads for dispensaries and it's like well look how far we came with that and that's kind of the same way we view steroids right now like it's so mind-blowing how we as a society will just kind of like shame stuff that we don't know and then all of a sudden we can be like all right you know what actually let's take that back let's make marijuana legal it's perfectly fine and actually it cures a lot of stuff so well, it's just wild yeah i mean there's there's studies that that prove marijuana to be safe i mean it's guaranteed i mean i don't smoke i used to i grew up smoking but um i don't now Um, I work for a job that drug tests. I mean, even if it didn't drug test, I wouldn't now. I mean, I just kind of got out of it that, you know, a a while back, but I mean, either way, um, it's proven to be safe. I mean, there, there there's so many studies that, that prove it to be safe. And I I can tell you right now, I can drink a fifth Jack and I will not be able to see straight and drive (laughs) a car. But back when I was smoking, when I was smoking every day, um, I, I drove my car stoned all the time. I mean, it was just normal <laughs> to me. Like I didn't, you know, it's, it's not something that affected me as, as driving it. It's just a whole different comparison. Yeah. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, now we're seeing ads for dispensaries and everything else like that. Um, 
they're getting ready to federally legalize this. They're, they're, they're trying to pass a bill currently as we speak on this. I mean, it's definitely going to be a curious time to see if that actually goes through. I think it will. Like we've came such a long ways. Like I remember being a kid and playing the first Grand Theft Auto that came out for PlayStation and like (laughs) stuff that was considered edgy and you would never believe happening back then is vanilla and normal now. Like it's so crazy. It's a whole different world, man. And, and that just brings me back to the steroids thing. I mean, how like, how normalized is steroids in, in wrestling or even UFC at that matter? You know what I mean? We're, we're seeing like a lot of stuff in UFC where, um, these guys are getting drug tested, but then after the fight, they, they're failing drug tests. I've never understood how this like drug test works in the UFC, how you're going to pass a drug test for the fight. But right after the fight, literally, as soon as they get out of the cage, they're getting drug tested again. And when they get out of the cage, they're dirty. I think the UFC is one of the only like sports organizations that really tries to prevent it. Like I was watching a, an NFL game on Sunday and everyone was pretty yoked. And I was like, man, how do these guys recover to play every week, stay in that good of shape and like, you know, have no issues. And like, I Googled up what their protocols were for testing and they're pretty loosely done to where like you could be on the juice and easily pass this test. So like, I know UFC is a little more stingy with it because they'll surprise you no matter where you're at. But the UFC will also ban guys for testing positive for such a small amount of something that could have just been in a piece of food that they ate or, you know, a dirty supplement that they didn't know had something in it. Right. But how many times has that excuse come up to where, you know, true now it's just unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like Brock, Brock Lesnar, for instance, you know, (laughs) this guy, like every fight that he's had, he's pissed dirty. (laughs) I mean, you can, you can look at guys like, you know, Brock Lesnar and you should know instantly that there's probably a pretty good chance that they're on something guaranteed, man. You don't get that big naturally. I'm sorry. It just doesn't happen. Like, uh, I mean, did you see the kid when he was in high school? I mean, he's they, there's pictures out there where this kid was just insane. I, I don't know about you, but I've never seen a high schooler look like that in my life. Yeah, and that's it's funny too because like a lot of these guys, I, I wish they would just own up to it. I think right. that's one of the biggest issues that we have in a lot of our sports, a lot of our sports, and a lot of our even just bodybuilding industry is that guys will get on these substances. And then they'll deny being on them, which makes the people who are trying to do it clean and trying to do it natural beat their heads against the wall going, why am I not looking like this guy? I'm doing the same thing. It gives them We're eating the same diet. Yeah. Like, I'll never forget The Rock came out and was like, I've never done steroids. And I was like, dude, this dude's head has grown in the last five years. (laughs) Like, he's 50 something and looks like that. He's obviously on steroids. Like, it doesn't take much, you know. And Have you seen him lately? (laughs) Yeah, it's so mind-blowing. And I don't even care that he's on steroids. Like, I, I don't smoke marijuana, but I don't care if someone smokes. Like, it's – go right. for it. Like, you know, whatever you choose to do is up to you, but, like, just be straightforward with it. Right, yeah. I remember working out – Um, I mean, I, I'm far from in shape now. I'm a truck driver, so <laughs> stopped working out. Actually, I stopped working out when I got in that last crash that I was telling you about. Um, Something went on with my ribs. I'm not sure what happened. I think – um, they could, they took x-rays and everything and, uh, they didn't see no broken bones or anything going on. And they came to the conclusion like a couple of years later that, Oh, you know what? If you probably busted a couple, you know, like 
you probably busted your chest cartilage and that's what you were feeling. And I was like, well, shit, you guys ain't got nothing to test that out. Or <laughs> it's like, how, how do you figure out what's wrong with somebody? You know what I mean? Like I, I ended up stop, I stopped working out because of this, because every time that I would breathe or move, um, for months, I mean, this went on, um, I just couldn't, I, I couldn't lift anything. So I just stopped. And then, you know, after you just stop working out for so long and you just kind of lose motivation. And then I ended up getting this job and just lost all you know, complete motivation. I'm not making excuses. I mean, this is my own fault. I should, can definitely get in the gym now. I'm, I'm perfectly fine, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. Right. So I, I hear you. When I, when I was working out, um, I had a friend that took steroids and I thought he was just bullshitting me because I grew up with this guy mm-hmm. and I was like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, cause we always used to crack jokes on steroids. Yeah. And, and th- this dude is small. He, he was, he's like five foot five and he's always just been this l- really scrawny guy. Well, he's the one that got me back into working out to begin with. And as soon as he, he showed up, I'm like, dude, how the hell are you so big now? Like, what are you eating? What are you doing? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm just, uh, just eating a lot and working out, you know? Well, it took him like months to finally come clean and say, Oh, well I'm on steroids. And I didn't believe him. <laughs> I was like, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't yeah. think that he had the balls to do that kind of shit, you know? You're like, all <laughs> just, right, keep your secrets. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, whatever, dude, just keep lying to me. So I just kept working out with him, you know, and I was getting I was getting great results, but I wasn't like, I wasn't lifting what he was, and I just didn't understand that because I'm so much bigger than him, and I'm like, I, I looked great, I was in the best shape of my life, but there's, I, I wasn't squatting 500 pounds, I was squatting, you know, maybe... I don't know, like close to 400 and I would squat that a couple of times and be done. This guy yeah. was squatting. I think he maxed out at 580 one time. He was able to squat it once, but uh, keep in mind, dude is like five, five probably weighed like 160 pounds at the time. Now he probably weighs 125, but cause yeah. he stopped doing, stopped doing it years ago. So well, crazy. then finally, I I got introduced to steroids for the first time because he finally said, all right, fine. You don't want to believe me? Come in here and watch us do it. And I was like, all right, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, so I followed him in and sure enough, watched him do it. I seen the stuff and I was just blown away. So, of course, it like spiked my curiosity. Like you said earlier, you know what I mean? You just wanted to learn about it. Yeah. And and uh, I mean. I was too scared to ever try it just because I don't, there's just not enough facts out there for it. So I'm like, dude, uh, no, I'm not, you know, I don't want to have a heart attack or something like that. I just, he's like, it's not right. going to give you a heart attack. He's like, well, there's not studies that tell you that it's not going to give you a heart attack. So I'm not going to take that shit. Yeah. I had a very similar story happen and there's just so many misguided facts out there. That's hard to really decide what you want to do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild, man. And, and definitely it's, it's a letdown. Like you said, um, it, it's given false hope to everybody that sees somebody with this kind of body. Like I remember John Cena, um, being one of those guys and just because of his character and how he acts, I was always like, there's no way he's on it. There's a hope yeah. for us. You know what I mean? Like, like this dude is just a, a good person. You know, he's not, he's not cheating in any way. Yeah. And, uh, I had a friend kind of wake me up on that. Like, dude, if you think that John Cena is not taking that, then I feel sorry for you because yeah, there's, it's, no it's way to, there's no way to do what John Cena does without being on some performance enhancement. So, yeah. And it's, I had a similar story as you did. Like I was working out, 
uh, actually had a buddy who wanted to start working out because I was working out and he was 180 pounds of just tall, skinny fat. Like he wasn't fat, but he was just skinny fat. Like there was no muscle, just he was there. Yeah. And we would work out and like I would go for about an hour lifting and my weights were way higher than his. And then basically one, he met a friend at the gym. Next thing you know, his friend got him on the gas and he was like, oh man, you should do this with me. And I was like, no, dude, I'm not going to do that. And fast forward like three months, I see him and he's got like a six pack. He's put on like 20 pounds. And I'm like, holy shit, dude. Like, what'd you <laughs> In do? Six months? Yeah. And so like within a year, he gained like roughly, I want to say like 30 to 40 pounds of just muscle. He went from just being the skinny sack of nothing to like a pretty decently athletic body. And I actually just saw him last night. Now he's like 240 pounds of just like bulk. Like he is big and ripped <laughs> everywhere. And it's just like, holy shit, man. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm on test every day now. And I'm stacking with this and stacking with that. And like, he's like, I'll never get off of it. And I've and actually, that's, it's that's just kind wild. of the story for everybody that takes it, right? Like they just yeah. get so addicted to that feeling and they just feel unstoppable. I've, I've heard the same story from a few people that take it now. And it's just, it's scary because <laughs> we don't know. It is. I, I, I like to believe that it's not as, you know, bad and horrible as all these studies have said that it is. But it um, it's definitely hard because there's no real good information out there on it. The right, only yeah. peaceful information that I found that was crazy to me that stuck out to me was this test that they did where they had four different groups. They had a group that did no working out and had no steroids, a group that did no working out and took steroids, a group that had no steroids and worked out, and a group that had steroids and worked out. So the results were the people that did no roids and no worked out had no change. The people that had not worked out but took steroids gained like seven pounds of muscle. Um, the group that did not take steroids and worked out over the three-month period only gained three pounds of muscle. And then the group that took steroids and worked out gained like 14 pounds of muscle in like a 10 to 12-week period. Holy and crap. so like the numbers were crazy because not only did the steroid guys do, you know, like triple or quadruple what the normal people did in the gym over a 10 to 12 week period. But even the people who didn't work out and stayed at home, but just injected the steroids gained twice as much as the guy that was working hard naturally and clean. And just didn't even work out at all. Didn't even work out. They just injected steroids and their body still gained seven pounds of lean muscle. Wow. I sure yeah. hope it's I sure hope it's good, man, because I'm curious now. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, man. Like, yeah, I, I did some reading and it was mind blowing. That's crazy. Yeah. And then and this is not I mean, it just depends on what kind of steroids they're taking. Right. Because there's so much out there. Like, I mean, like you said, he was stacking testosterone uh, testosterone on top of this and then stacking. There's this and so stacking many. This. It's just like. Like, damn, dude, it's like a full pharmacy. That you yeah, you, you got to go to school just to even learn how to take steroids. It sounds like there's so many. <laughs> yeah, it's too much, man. But then again, this also brings us back to the wrestling thing. I mean, um, it, it, like we obviously we don't know if it's steroids that, that are hurting these guys' body over time or if it's maybe a mixture, right? It could be like steroids on top of pain pills or, or on top of um, cocaine, like you said, or right. any other drug that they're taking to numb the pain from all these bumps that they're taking every week. I mean, it, it could be a mixture of everything. And that's, that's the sad thing is that we just don't know, um, what, what could be killing these guys at such a young age. Yeah. It's, uh, 
it's a scary thing and there's no clear answers and you know no two cases are ever the same so we really don't know hopefully we start to see more of that but it's still very gray but at the same time i mean we live in an era now to where you don't have to be the big guy to root to to have a career in professional wrestling we're seeing a lot of this in the mainstream now with aew yeah i mean they have a couple of big guys you know i mean they got brian cage who's obviously i mean uh, i i don't want to call him out or anything but come on like oh yeah no he 100 agrees with it he'll tell you he's on it like Oh, okay. Guys like him and Hammerstone, like, they embrace it. They're not going to lie to you. That's what they do. That's crazy. Um, but, like, yeah, you know, it's funny. The industry has changed to where it's not really a necessity anymore. But it's still pretty pushed toward to be a big guy and to be ripped and to be, you know, muscular as you can be. I, uh, I obviously am not a very big guy. I'm a pretty average-looking dude. And every tryout I've ever had, that seems to be the one feedback I get back is, hey, you know, and, like, you know, have you thought about trying to bulk up and like they still are they still very much hint about it. I think that they've been much better in the public eyes, but like knowing a little bit of behind scenes stuff, like they're still a pretty big thing where people are pushing for it. I think it's just because it brings a spectacle, right? I remember even being a kid and and going to my first wrestling event and I remember the first the first wrestling event I I got to meet um the ultimate warrior and just I've never seen a man like that at this age. You know what I mean? I've never got to witness anybody that looked as big as the ultimate warrior. And so seeing that as a kid, I just remember like, wow, you know, like that's, that's why these guys are stars because they're like, they're giants, right? Like they, they, there's no way that, um, somebody can just naturally look like that. Yeah. Um, as a kid, I mean, unfortunately, I believe that because, you know, I, like I said, I grew up in the Hulk Hogan era where, you know, train, say your, vi- or eat your vitamins and say your prayers. You know what I mean? So I did that as a kid. And when I found out, like, you know, I remember the Hulk Hogan scandal came out to where he was taking steroids. I remember crying in my room for like weeks, like, I can't believe Hulk Hogan does drugs. And I was so, I was so hurt by this, you know, to know that, like, that this was a thing in professional wrestling. Right. Yeah, it's um, it, it's an interesting thing to say the least. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but you know, once again, you know, for the guys that embrace it, like uh, Brian Cage and Hammerstone, um, once again, we don't know the full results. I mean, they've never come out and said that somebody has died from steroid use. There's just no proof for that. Right. So I mean, maybe- <laughs> the. The things that I have read, because I've done a lot of research, is that there is like a uh, one of the valves in your heart will enlarge from prolonged steroid use. So that is something that can contribute to a heart attack. Like, there's a lot of stuff that it can do that will contribute to a heart attack, but there's not any certain thing that points to a finger saying this causes the heart attack. Right. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, also, also bulking up like that, it comes with eating your red meats and it comes with eating right. lots and lots of food. So that that can definitely contribute to a heart attack yeah and like i mean you even look at like the you know bicyclists and marathon runners like almost everyone's on some sort of steroid it seems like in these sports for one reason or another like even if it's not for the bulking up aspect a lot of people that i've talked to get onto it just for the recovery aspect of it yeah they like the idea that their muscles can recover so that they can go do what they need to do the next weekend rather than you know being sore and being fatigued 
I've even heard of just the average worker man taking it just for yeah, that, yeah. for, for that purpose alone. You know what I mean? That's what I am now. I mean, I'm just the average working man. Um, I, I, I'm a laborer, so I'm carrying, you know, big poles of ductile iron, you know what I mean? And, um, my body's hurting every night from work. So, I mean, I, I can't oh, imagine yeah. just the, the normal working man saying, Hey, you know, well, steroids will recover your body. You'll be, you'll feel great for work. <laughs> just go ahead and take those and you'll pack they, on muscle. They got a, they got a great sales pitch. It's, do you want to lose fat, build muscle, feel more energetic, feel recovered instantly and feel better all the time? I like this. <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty good uh, who pitch. Who doesn't, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think everybody would look at that, that commercial and say, um, yes, yes, yes. That is right. what I want to feel. So. Well, yeah, unfortunately, you know, um, I, we, we just don't know right now. Hopefully we'll find out in the future. And then once I said, um, once again, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, I, I just hope that the way that we've changed professional wrestling and, and a lot of these people are doing steroids tests. I don't know about, um, AEW and I don't, you know, I know that WWE has kind of upped their game a little bit. I don't know how strict it is like UFC. I'm sure it's not as, as heavy as UFC, Cause you still see big guys in WWE as well that are obviously not naturally built the way they are, but, right. um, but at least we're, we're trying to help their health, right? We're not, we're not taking chair shots anymore. We're not doing all this, you know, stuff to the, to the head that can cause head trauma. So there, there's a step in the right direction, I would say. Yeah. And it's, it's wild. Cause like, have you ever been outside of uh, the country? Like, have you been to Mexico at all? I haven't. I, I that's, that's actually my next vacation is to Mexico. Oh, it's super it's super fun and it's really surprisingly cheap like when i went to mexico uh an ex and i went and i think it was like 800 dollars for an all-inclusive event for the entire week but that was like all the food you wanted all the drinks you wanted and they had activities there so it was super cheap to do but uh anyways the reason i brought it up is because everyone had told me how like you can go to the pharmacies in mexico and get whatever you want and I've heard I'll this. never forget going into one of the pharmacies and it is true. You can get whatever you want. Like you can get, you know, you want Adderall, you want Oxycontin, you want whatever you want. They got it and they don't have any restrictions on it. Anyone can buy it. But one of the things that I thought was funny is they had steroids and they had photos of guys of what they looked like on each different steroid. So like if you came in and you didn't know anything about steroids, like, oh yeah, pick a body what you want. And then they go, okay, this is what you need with this many milligrams. <laughs> And it was so crazy. And I was like, man, like there's other – almost every other country, this stuff is so easy to get. But in America, we're so freaked out about it, and it's illegal, and it's like don't do it. But like in Mexico, you can literally go in, and they are advertising it, which also brought my mind of like why are these guys in Mexico all jacked? <laughs> like they've got it ready available. Yeah. Why isn't everyone just getting it? And so, so like – tacos, man. Come well, on. Well, no. I think what it is is that it just comes down to we – create a want for it because we see what it does but we don't actually inform people of what it does and there's just this weird gray area that i think is kind of like marijuana like there is a lot of bad stuff of bad stories out there involving you know bad marijuana or marijuana laced with something or this or that that is negative but since we've made it legal now everyone's getting clean weed we're getting good stuff right <laughs> like, yeah. I, I would rather see that happen here in america where it's like hey you want to run as fast as you can, jump as high as you can, and be as strong as you can with taking the risk that you're going to die? Well, here you go. Here's steroids. And at least we know people are getting clean stuff. Like, that's always my fear when people are on this stuff. I'm like, where are you getting this stuff? Is like, this made from some dude's basement in, you know, Chicago? Or like, where where do you get 
clean steroids. <laughs> yeah. It's not a plant that you can just grow. So like we should make this a little more, you know, available so that we can get people good, clean, healthy stuff. There, well, there was an interesting um, documentary a while. It, it's an old documentary, but I remember watching it because that that was what um, spiked my interest in steroids. Right? It's um, it was called Bigger, Stronger, and Faster. Yeah, I watched uh, that one you, too. It's a great one. Yeah, it, great. It's great. And so these guys actually, um, at the time, I don't know how it is now, but at the time, you can basically just go to a doctor and get clean steroids here in America as well. Just by sim- simply lying and saying, oh, well, this is, you know, this is hurting. Yeah. I'm, I got chronic back pain or this is happening. Same thing that people used to do to get a medical marijuana prescription. You know what I mean? Yeah, they would go right. back and be like, oh, I got chronic headaches. I got chronic back pain. You still um, can. It's a little. So it's a gray area. If you have a good doctor, they're going to say, hey, you don't need testosterone because we're going to test your levels and it's going to come back on this widespread sheet of saying where you're at and if you're clean or right. not. Like, but there's also doctors who are literally just in the living of prescribing testosterone. So if you're willing to pay them enough, then they'll say, okay, here's your prescription to go get testosterone. And that's, that's what I feel is uh, um, how America <laughs> is consuming their products is. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's 100% that like I've had, cause I always ask people when they tell me they're on, I'm like, man, where do you get this stuff? Like, how does this happen? And they're like, Oh, well, you know, I go to this guy, he's this doctor he, you know, pay him this much and then he'll get you set up with whatever you want. And I'm just like, this all sounds so sketch. Like, and my yeah. whole point with this whole thing is that people are going to find ways to do what they want to do. So let's just make it happen and make it as safe as we can. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a wild country sometimes, you know what I mean? It really is. You know, like you said, it's very gray area. Um, they're going to let us do what they want us to do. And, um, you know what I mean? When that, whenever they deem it's safe, I'm sure we will see a day where steroids are legalized. I'm sure we'll see, you know, a day where weed is federally legalized and you can get it at a grocery store, just like you can alcohol. Um, I mean, it's, it's just a matter of when they deem it safe for the public. Right. Like, I don't know how cigarettes are still legal. Right. Yeah. That kills There's shit. millions kills of studies out there. Money. Yeah. There's millions of studies saying how bad that is. There's not one like, positive side effect from that nothing but yeah there's a huge market for it the government makes tons of money off of it so they embrace it right vaping came around and um it's proved to be 90 percent um safer than cigarettes is the best alternative that you can get right because yeah you're just getting you're only getting the nicotine out of it and then four other chemicals you're not getting a thousand chemicals that include rat poison tar and <laughs> among many other things that it's you're getting crazy. in a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, but the government seen that as a money loss, right? Because it didn't go to big tobacco, the industry. So, you know, why endorse that? We're not making any money on it, out of it. So it's um, so wild, man. Yeah, so let's ban vaping, right? That's kind of what we've seen over here in Washington state. It's the governor's just trying to ban vaping. It's just so wild. It's like, you know, the, the big reason for why we don't have a lot of these things is people are like, oh, they're dangerous. Oh, they can cause this. But then we have cigarettes that are readily available everywhere. Right. Well, I mean, alcohol could kill you too, but. You oh, know. yeah. A hundred percent. And we, you know, we make spectacular things out of it. Like there's alcohol advertising everywhere. There's sponsors from alcohol. And like, 
You know, it's, every it's football just, game you see it. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> wild. It's funny how we pick and choose where we're going to draw the line of being like, oh, no, don't do that. That's horrible. But you can still do this, this and this. Right. That'll kill you even faster. And it's proven. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. wild. I mean, even sugar, like candy, like I love candy. But every time you eat a candy bar, I'm like, man, I probably don't need this in my body. <laughs> and you probably feel like shit after you eat it. No, man, I love it. You can give me a bag of Reese's, <laughs> I'll eat the whole thing, and I'll feel great. I'll, inside, mentally, I'll be like, yo, I fucked up. But <laughs> I do love candy. For me, dude, when I eat like bad stuff, I feel bad. And, and I don't know if that just comes with old age, but as a kid, it, it, I didn't feel that way, right? Because like, you can eat whatever, and it didn't matter. You just Probably had that just metabolism. Eat more. Just eat more. That's what I would do. <laughs> That's bad influence, man. I'm trying to lose some weight over here, too. I can't be going after more candy or ice cream or anything like that. I, I say that as I'm eating a chicken salad because I'm trying to be healthy, but yeah. <laughs> I wish it was like a cheeseburger and some Reese's over here. Right. Just imagine it, man. You know what I mean? And then after you eat that chicken salad, you're going to feel great. You're going to feel energized. You're going to go to the gym and you're going to feel 100%. I hope so. <laughs> you eat a Reese's, I guarantee you're not going to get the same effect and go run on a treadmill or anything like that. Probably not. <laughs> I'd feel better that it tasted good though. I do love some Reese's. That was that was my candy of choice, definitely. But you, you are right, man. Like, I mean, sugar is just as bad. I mean, it's causing diabetes, especially in America. I mean, we have like we're like the obese capital of the world, right? So Yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, sugar is just as deadly as anything else. I mean, it's just crazy. Like like you said, it's just that gray line, right? They're just gonna pick and choose what is okay, what we can use, what we can take, what we can eat. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the others are just kind of brushed aside. And a lot of the others, I mean, I'm not speaking for steroids because I don't know, but, um, like marijuana, like we were talking about, um, it's, it's been proven pretty safe. I mean, it stops seizures. It's been used on tons of, you know, medical purposes that have been proven to work and be efficient. And, um, I, I have a friend that's epileptic and, um, she hasn't had a seizure in years because she smokes weed. Man, but when she doesn't smoke weed or when she stopped at first, that's where they were doing the test. Every time she stopped, um, she would have a bad seizure. But now she hasn't had a seizure in 15 years. That's impressive. And I mean, uh, it, it, the study shows that, that the marijuana is helping her in that. I mean, yeah, I, my first experience with marijuana, uh, I was eight, 18 or 19, and my dad got diagnosed with cancer. And like this was right when medical marijuana was coming around. Right. And he had a pretty nasty cancer. Like we, we knew he was a goner pretty quickly, but they gave him a medical marijuana card. And like the only time he was enjoying himself in the last few days he had, and the only time he had an appetite to eat was when he was smoking. So like it was super cool. It helped him a lot. And, you know. It didn't save his life, but it made his last days here super enjoyable. So I'm all for it. Like I don't. And that's, smoke that myself. says a lot. You know what I mean? That yeah. says a lot. My brother also passed away from cancer, and and um, I I like to think that with him smoking his pot and you know doing his thing, that he was happy when he went because he didn't restrict himself on doing this. I mean, right. Um, it did help his cancer. Actually, I'm going to rephrase this. So this was his second time being diagnosed with cancer and he actually beat cancer both times. 
Wow. Um, yes, but he he died from malnutrition because because of the radiation and everything. He he couldn't keep anything down, so um, he he just, he got really skinny. I mean, he he looked like just just straight bones. I mean, I felt bad because I, yeah. I remember me and my wife even taking him out to like a couple of the buffets and. I was like, dude, we're just gonna we're we're gonna make you eat everything, yeah, <laughs> and no. and try to keep it down. So I remember he would like he would try like this tiny plate of something, and he wouldn't you know he wouldn't feel it. So he would ask me to go get him something else, and I I remember bringing him like forty plates of different things, <laughs> yeah, just so he can get an appetite. He left <laughs> stuffed, and I I felt like we were accomplished, right? Like I was like, yeah, yeah. you know, he's finally get. He, I think he's. I feel like he's going to keep this down. Well, I got a call from my mom um, later that night. Um, it was pretty late that he had been um, throwing up for the last two hours. Oh no! So he, yeah, so the radiation really messed him up, and I think that that's uh, what ended up killing him. Yeah, well, not, I'm like not- so that's the thing. We know radiation's bad, but yet that's what we use to treat bad stuff, and we like it's perfectly legal and there's tons of research into it. And it's like, there's so many natural things out there that we just turn away from that. It's just wild. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't like he, he was cancer free at the end. I know that like he had his last treatment, he got a certificate for being cancer free. They took a picture with him and the nurse and, and the doctor and everything. And, um, it was a, it was a great day for the family, right? Like we all yeah. just felt like he was, you know, he'd beaten this like sweet, you know, like I just felt like he was the strongest guy alive. This is the, re- this is the brother too, that got me into wrestling. Um, yeah. So yeah, I was just so happy for him. So proud. I mean, this guy, he, he was born a preemie. So he was on an incubator when he was a baby. He just had, he just had such a rough life, man. Like he grew up a preemie. He was really small. Um, he had a, he had, um, two hip surgeries. So he had fake hips later on in life after his first battle with cancer. Oh geez. And so, yeah, he had testicular cancer the first uh, go around. And then the second go around, it was in his throat. I think the cancer was in his throat the second go around. So, and, and that was caused by fucking cigarettes. I mean, you know what I mean? Cause he was a smoker. So once again, something, you know, we're going to sell you to the public um, right. And kill all these guys off. And then we're going to battle it with radiation, something that's going to make you not be able to eat. And you know what I mean? As small as he was, he was already skinny before the cancer. So he, I mean, like I said, he had a lot of problems anyway, so he was already really skinny. So for him to go through the radiation and still not be able to eat, then it's basically a, a no brainer right there. You know what I mean? That he was just going to yeah. malnutrition and, and die. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just rough, man. Absolutely. Man, we got so far off of wrestling, but it was a great conversation. So far, so far <laughs> off of wrestling. That's all right, though, man. We touched on a good subject. We'll yeah. get back to it right now, man. Um, what What are some of your favorite opponents that you've had on the independent scene? Oh, man, that's another tough one because I forget half the people I've wrestled until I see them. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's uh, all right. What people, comes to mind? People, I, people I've had fun with is Cubby. Um, I've had fun with... Effie was a lot of fun. I'd love to work him again. I still, I really I'm to... still just now learning about Effie. He's a fun, nice guy. Um, Brian Pillman Jr. was a good dude. Oh, you got to wrestle Brian Pillman Jr.? I did. I did. Oh, sweet, man. Yeah, he was a fun one. Let's see. Who else? Um, Dave Turner's a fun one. Him and I have always had fun stuff wrestling with each other. 
Chris Ross as well again. He's a good one. Yeah, that's kind of the only names coming to mind. I mean, I've wrestled so many people, and I'm sure that there's people I'm forgetting, and I'm going to be done with this. I'm like, oh, crap, I didn't mention so-and-so. And like, it's hard. I, I'm never good at answering questions on the fly. It's all right, man. You're not the only one. So I ask every wrestler <laughs> this same question, and they basically have the same answer. They try to name as many people as they can. Um, I mean, it's no hard feelings for anybody that's left out or anything. It's just yeah. a really hard question when you've wrestled so many fucking matches. Yeah, like, like I just remembered B-Boy. That was a fun match, too, and, like, Adam Brooks. So, yeah, it's hard. I could keep going on. Everyone's a fun one. <laughs> that's great, man. Well, what are uh, some of the promotions that you really enjoyed working for? Uh, I would say my favorite is definitely, by far, got to be Prestige uh, and Without oh, a Cause. Funny. Those are my top two. Um, I love reactivate. I think they're doing a great thing. I think that they are continuously getting better each show. Um, I can't wait for them to start up again so I can go see them. Um, without a cause is another one that I have not been to. So I, I mean, I just interviewed, um, without a cause promoter as well. Yeah. Max. Man, he's a great guy. Max is great. Full of charisma and just a funny guy. Yeah, um, I think it was a good show. He actually told me that that you were um, set to be the uh, you were the first world champion, weren't you? For their I was for their promotion. I was the first champ. Um, it all came about very unexpectedly, <laughs> and it was fun. It was a good time. It, it allowed me to really challenge myself and push myself, and I wrestled a lot of top caliber dudes through there. Who who'd you end up beating for that world title? So it was vacant. Um, I ended up winning it in a scramble. Okay. They basically had it was like an eight person scramble or something like that, and they had this angle where uh, the last person to enter was actually Max, but then they found out he wasn't eligible, so then they needed a replacement. And I was in the crowd at the show. The whole story was that I wasn't on the show. And then I ended up getting the last minute entry, came in and ended up winning the match. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. That's <laughs> a big surprise then, huh? It was, even for me. <laughs> Did you get to defend the title a couple of times before you ended up uh, losing yeah, I it? Or? I think I had like four or five defenses. Oh, that's cool, man. I know that. Um, I know that James really thinks highly of you from Reactivate. James is a good dude. I love Re- I, I love reactivate a lot like it's so hard for me because like they're one of my favorite shows but they're not that many people know about them so like i always feel bad because so many people ask me they're like oh what's your favorite shows and the first two that come to mind for me is always prestige and whack because those are the two i've been at for years right and then like i always forget reactivate and i'm like oh crap how did i forget them like but it's just natural because i've been with them for so long that it's <clears throat> those are the first ones that pop in my head I can't wait for all this stuff to be done, man. I I, I miss live pro wrestling. Um, Me too. I'm definitely going to be going to reactivate to check out this show. I'm really happy for him. I'm glad that we have a promotion that's no more than five minutes away from me. (laughs) I mean, prestige prestige was the first one that was, that was pretty much near me. I mean, they're only like 35 minutes away from me when in Hermiston, but now he's bringing the shows to Richland. So, I mean, he's right around the corner as well. Um, and prestige kills it, man. Like you know, <laughs> William does such a good job with, with booking the shows and the storylines. I mean, I've seen some stuff on prestige that should have been televised and I've spoken about this before, but 
just just phenomenal job, especially for you know. I mean, he's still fairly new as a promoter, so, but he, I mean, he's killed it since day one. Yeah. So shout out to William and Prestige, man. Those guys are killing it. But yeah, I cannot wait to see Reactivate, and I cannot wait to see Whack. Just a couple of great promotions. Um, James, great dude. Max is a great dude. Definitely got some stuff in store. I remember James telling me about possibly opening up, up, up a wrestling school. I mean, if that happens, dude, I'm going to learn to be a referee. There's no fucking hands down. Like I'm going to do something with right. I don't want to take the bumps like you guys though. Like I, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I'm just too old for that now. <laughs> it, it's impressive how many people come to a wrestling school and they don't want to be a wrestler and they end up leaving a wrestler. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I guess never say never in this business. Yeah. Right? If you, uh, there is a really cool school that actually just opened up in uh, Everett named the uh, Dragon Dragonplex Dojo. It's ran by right. like Dave Turner and Chris Ross and they uh they have a lot of a lot of people coming in from all sorts of wrestling. Like I know Drexel goes there occasionally. They've had four minutes of heat there, they've had everyone come in and out. So like if you're someone who just wants to kind of put your foot into it and try it, that's a great place to check out. Yeah, here's my thing though, man. Like it's just so far. <laughs> like, yeah. That, so me. Everett's like almost four hours away from me. So oh yeah, no, um, I believe me, it's it's a struggle. Like when I started training, I for every day for a year, for every weekend, I would wake up at like four a.m. on Saturday. I'd hop in a rental car, drive all the way to Everett. I would train for four hours and drive all the way back. <laughs> and I did that like every single weekend for a year. It was like twelve-hour days just of driving, wrestling, and then driving home again. But you know, if you enjoy it as much as I do, it becomes easier and easier. And, you know, if you're as competitive as I am, it's you want to get better and better. And before you know it, like it just it, it's pretty easy once you start doing it. But the hardest part is just starting it. Yeah, man, I, I mean, I really hope that he does open the school here. Um, there was a there was a time when I was working for the other company, um, uh, my previous company before I got this new job. Um, that I was able to transfer over to the Portland area. So I know that there's schools over there and I was going to, that was the main reason for wanting to transfer. I remember uh, talking to my wife about it and I said, um, well, we loved Portland anyway. So that's, that's one of our um, getaway places that we, that we like that's closer. I mean, a lot of people from this area like to go to Seattle. I prefer Portland because it's just weird and there's lots of great places to eat and it's just different. It's different than Seattle. Yeah. So, um, that's where we were, we were thinking about going to, if I was to relocate, but then I ended up coming to this job and uh, we were kind of looking at home prices there cause we're homeowners here. Yeah. And, um, we were like, yeah, you know, you don't really get very much bang for your buck down there. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's in the city. So, but if we would have found the right price, I mean, I, th I think it's still a possibility in the future that we would go to Portland. But, yeah, there's a couple schools down there from what I've heard, and I think it's only growing. So, oh yeah, it's it's great down there, man. Like I, that's that's <laughs> another reason that I wanted to go there too, is because I just like I love going to concerts. I love going to professional wrestling. Um, and there's nothing here in the Tri Cities. <laughs> like I don't know if if William brings Prestige here or Reactivate. You know what I mean? Does their thing. That's pretty much what we get for professional wrestling, unless WWE brings a house show here. Um, which I've been to so many of those that I don't even go anymore. That's, it's just unentertaining for me to go to house shows for WWE. Um, 
there's just nothing exciting going on for that. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but um, I like going to the televised events for for WWE or stuff like that. You know what I mean? But uh, for for right now, um, I feel like the independent scene's killing it, and they're a lot more exciting. And that's what a lot of wrestling fans don't don't realize, especially around here, man. I wish that the Tri Cities would kind of open up and and just get out of their bubble of WWE or AEW or something that's on TV and go and discover this stuff because I, I I was the same way. You know what I mean? I, I went to prestige because I remember him billing um, who was on that card. I think Tom, no, it wasn't Tom Lawler. I don't think he was on the first one. I think it was oh, Mr. Yeah. Anderson. And Mr. And Anderson and Billy Gunn or something, wasn't it? Billy Gunn was on the third one. But it, it was like a couple of WWE acts that he had on there. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, they're going to Hermiston. Let's go check them out so we can meet these guys. And I ended up going there and I enjoyed the independent scene much more than what I enjoyed from the WWE wrestlers that were there. <laughs> like, Yeah, no, it's it's mind blowing. And like there's so many people that I run into that feel the same way. And I'm like, yo, you got to just try an independent show and you're going to leave probably being a bigger fan of independent wrestling than you were. It's <laughs> it's a movement, man. It really is. And it's just much more entertaining, man. As soon as I seen Drexel, everything changed for me. You know what I mean? Like I seen Drexel and Drexel wasn't actually on the first show, but he was on the second. And I remember them talking. I think they did like some promo with Catal Catalina Gore, I think is her name. Yeah. Carlina Gore. Did I say her name right? Uh, you were a little off, but it's okay. okay. <laughs> people are. Is it Car? Is it Carlina? Yeah, Carlina. Okay, Carlina Gore. So that was the only, the one and only time that I've ever seen her. But I remember her them promoting um, Drexel coming down to face. Uh, I think it was Sonico in the second one, the first match with him and Sonico. And I was just like, "Wow, this is great!" Like they actually, they're actually booking an angle here. <laughs> right. It's, it's not on TV or anything, and they're still going with angles because I was so used to. WWE doing house shows and not doing angles, right? Because they just kind of just did matches. Yeah. So um, that's what I figured that this was going to be. It was just ah, it's just matches, but no, like he they booked angles and there was going to be more shows and more build up. Same with like the MB Young thing, you know, MB Young and Tom Lawler build up. That was great. Right. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like a lot of wrestling fans that are just their casual wrestling fan, right? Like they watch WWE and maybe even AEW nowadays. They just don't know what else is out there, man. I was right there with them. And if anybody's listening right now um, that only watch WWE, um, go check out an independent show once this shit kicks up because you're missing out, man. Like it's so much fun. The crowd is rabid. Um, you can interact more with the wrestlers. Uh, it, it, there's just, it's just endless possibilities when you go to an independent show. Absolutely. It's, I, I've yet to have someone who wasn't a fan come to a show and go, Oh man, I hated that. Like normally everyone ends up leaving a fan. Yeah. I've, I've never seen anybody leave like prestige or any independent at, at that point. I remember going to defy too. And that shit was off the hook, man. They killed yeah. it. Have you ever wrestled for defy? I have. I wrestled for Defy a couple times, once in Montana and once in Spokane. Defy went to Montana? Yeah, they did a little tour, and uh, they went to, I think it was Billings or something like that, but it was a Ugh, fun little that, show, and it was a fun time. That's super far, man. I used to have to do a route out there for my old company. Like I drove to Billings, and 
Oh, I hated that. It was so far away from home, but that's awesome that they that they took Defy out there because they they are also another state that just has nothing, right? Like Montana doesn't get nothing. So I was really stoked to see um, Prestige was going to go out there to Missoula. Yeah. And so, and but unfortunately, that one got canceled. I'm sure he's still gonna he still plans on going back once all this stuff clears up. But he might even be able to go back now, man. Those Montana guys, they don't give a shit about this pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, I live right next to Idaho, and they don't care about it either. Oh no, not one bit. Like, um, some of my my last week at my my old trucking job, um, I was in Boise, Nampa, and Meridian for my last week, and so uh, I was staying at a hotel for the full week. I just told my wife to drive up with the kids and stuff like that, and because everything's open there. I was like, yeah. if you guys want to do something, we can just go. We'll, I mean, nobody wears masks here, but we'll mask up, you know, because <laughs> I'm not trying to go back home and be sick or anything. But um, anyway, yeah, they don't care, man. Like, <laughs> they're wide open. Coeur d'Alene, same thing. So you, you're in Spokane, yep. right? I am. Yep. And anything in Idaho, man, those Republicans, they don't give a damn. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, oh, yeah, man. I mean, I, I don't know what uh, I think Williams just more of a just trying to keep everybody else safe. That's, a, that's a part of the show. So that's why he's holding back, but yeah, definitely. I'm sure he could get away with doing a show in Missoula right now. Yeah. It's, you know, everyone wants to play it safe. Cause the last thing you want to do is be the one that didn't take it seriously. And then it ends up having some repercussions. Right. And it'd be on your hands. You know what I mean? Exactly. So exactly. I, I wouldn't want to own a promotion and then get my wrestler sick. So I definitely don't blame him there. Absolutely. But uh, all right, man. Well, as we wind down here, I know we got a lot off of a lot off topic from the wrestling yeah. in the middle, but uh, we'll have we'll to plan wind- a part two where we just do wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll plan that, man. I mean, Hey, you know, when you have a good conversation, you have a good conversation. I'm sure other people are going to be intrigued in that, that talk that we had. So I hope so. <laughs> so, um, once, once you're a hundred percent, um, back to full health and companies are up and running again. Are there any uh, dream opponents that you would like to face? Somebody that you haven't got to face yet? Honestly, I don't have any dream opponents. I don't have a list or anything like that. I uh, Every time I'm in the ring, I feel like my biggest opponent is me, myself. So, like, I don't care if I'm in there with someone who's an ex-WWE guy or if it's someone who is having their first match. Like, for me, the challenge is still the same, and it's to put on the best match that I possibly can. So, uh, I don't get hung up on opponents. Well, that's obviously a great answer, man. Like uh, a lot of wrestlers just kind of worry about who, you know, who they're getting exposure with. It's always good to focus on yourself and, and apply that craft the best that you can. Absolutely. So um, what about goals? Is there any goal to get out of the independence later on or are you just happy with the independent bookings? Uh, I'm just going wherever it takes me. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to be one of those guys that's like, you know, this time next year, I'm going to be in the WWE or, oh man, I'm really pushing for AEW or New Japan or whatever it is. Like for me, I'm just going to keep doing the best I can. Whatever opportunities come my way, I'm definitely going to take, but I'm uh, just taking it one step at a time. And my goals are just to be better every time I'm out there. And if that gets me somewhere, awesome. If it doesn't, then at least I had fun along the way. That's true, man. So when we, when you come back, are we going <laughs> to see Chase James with the A team or are we going to just see Chase, a whole new Chase James? Probably just going to see Chase James. I don't think the A-team's going to be making any big comeback. I know a lot of people, a lot of the pandemic has taken a lot of people out of wrestling. So 
it'll be interesting to see what we have when we come back. Definitely, man. Well, I'm excited to see you in singles competition. I don't think that I've ever gotten the opportunity to watch you in a singles competition. It's always been. Oh, the you're missing out. Personally. That's my best work. Hey, there you go, man. <laughs> and, and you know what? I've had other people tell me that. Max has told me that, and same with James. So uh, maybe I'll catch you and reactivate. There we go. There All right, go. man. Well, where can everybody follow you at? Uh, Chase James 58 on pretty much all the socials. You can find me on Facebook as Chase James because I'm old and I still use Facebook. And uh, hopefully you I can find attacked. me at an upcoming <laughs> – hey, I do too. <laughs> I, I drop my Facebook all the time and people are like, what? You still use that? You're not on Twitter or Instagram? And I'm like, well, I am, but like I primarily on Facebook. <laughs> right. So. But yeah, no, uh, you know, hopefully you can catch me at any upcoming local show or wherever local may be to you. Definitely. And you said that you were going to wrestle this weekend, possibly. Um, Where is that going to be? There's a no fan show that's potentially going to happen where they're going to just film some matches and uh, we'll see if it ends up happening. Is it going to be streamed? uh, It won't be streamed live. I think they're going to do this first run as just kind of a test run. And then they're going to film it and hopefully drop it. And then if there's a good reaction, then they'll look into maybe doing more live stuff or doing something. Uh, the biggest battle that pretty much every independent promotion is facing right now is how do you fund these shows? Right. Like, yeah. Obviously, there's no, we're, there's no money in it. Yeah, and like it, it costs a lot to run a show. Like your average independent show, if it's a good show, they're probably spending anywhere from two to five thousand dollars on their show, if not more. Jesus. You know, there is there is some lower name, lower tier shows out there that are probably running on a budget of like a couple hundred bucks or five hundred bucks, but like. You know, your, your prestiges or your without a cause is like they're putting thousands of dollars out there to make this happen. So like when you don't have any revenue from ticket sales, you know, making six grand on streams is a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so, it, so if they do do the stream or, or did they already um, tell you that you will, you will have access to this so you can post it on your socials? Yeah. So they're going to, the idea is, is hopefully everything goes well this first show. As long as it goes well, they're going to post it up, I believe, on maybe YouTube or Twitch, and then they're going to put it on IWTV. Oh, great. Um, yeah, so they're going to go that route, and then as long as everything works and goes smooth, then maybe we'll start seeing some live stuff. That'd be great, man. I mean, um, so so are these paying gigs for you as well, or are you just kind of doing this for fun? Uh, it's mostly for fun. I mean, it's... The, there's pay, but it's nothing that's going to like, I'm going to lose a hell of a lot more money doing it than I'm going to make at it. So yeah, that's kind of how wrestling is though. You know, it's you, uh, unfortunately, unless people are buying your merch, you don't really make any money at these shows. Well, you gotta, you gotta spend money to make money. I mean, that's just the, the American way. That's true. <laughs> I think that's a good note that we end this one on. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, man. All right, awesome. man. Well, uh, you guys can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. Or sorry, Facebook and Instagram pages at the Pro Wrestling Shoot. You can follow me on Twitter at Carter Inc. That's C-A-R-D-E-R-I-N-C. Um, I'm not going to plug the YouTube and Twitch this time. You guys all know the, the case. We're just not going live just yet. Um, I haven't found time. Um, life is just still busy, very, very busy. <laughs> so once we get there, man, you guys will know you will be the first to know, but, uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, Chase. Uh, we will definitely do a part two, man. We got to do a part two. You're more than welcome to come back on the show. I'd love it. I appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. Everyone have a good night or a good day right. whenever you listen to this. <laughs> All right. You guys have a great week. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>